What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Welcome into a numbers game. Day February 20th, the day after President's Day. We hope everyone enjoyed their President's Day holiday. The- Program, of course, presented by DraftKings. I'm Jared Smith in for Gil Alexander today. Kelly Bidlin along with us as well. We've got a great show. Kelly did a great job booking this show here. Uh, the Tuesday numbers game crew is stacked. We'll have Drew Dinsick coming up um, in this hour. Talking a little NBA. We'll get set for the second half of the regular season. Also, Jim Root uh, with the Three Man Weave podcast. They do a great job covering the college basketball landscape. We'll talk a little college hoops. I had a nice winner last night. Barely. Skin of my teeth with Iowa State, but hey. Counts as a win nonetheless, and then we'll finish things up um, in our final hour uh, with Paul Carr. Chanting. If you're into the footy, into the uh, the action on the pitch, it is heating up today. Um, but I, I think a good place to start, Kelly, is, is what we saw yesterday transpire in the NFL, right? The NFL offseason lasted like a week, uh, and now we are starting to all of a sudden hear um, rumblings from not only coaches – Offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, new GMs, new personnel, but disgruntled players as well starting to chime in. And it's always intriguing to me, Kelly, when, when, when players use social media to kind of lash out. And the story I'm referring to um, took place late last night when news started to trickle through the, uh, the sphere, the NFL sphere, that Justin Fields has unfollowed the Chicago Bears on Instagram. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I always laugh at these stories. We were talking about it before the show. Like, we know the Bears, they have all of the cards. They've got the assets. They've got the number one draft pick. They've got a decision on their hands regarding their quarterback that's entering year four of his rookie deal, which is kind of the year that you turn into a pumpkin. So we didn't know how the vibe was going to be this offseason. Again, it took about eight days for it to start to turn negative. And Justin Fields unfollows the Bears on Instagram. And I don't want to, again, overreact to this story. But to me, it is always interesting how these players use social media as kind of this vehicle for what they want. But I don't think they always realize how it comes off. When you saw this story, and I texted you the second I saw it last night, I said, "This this cracks me up. We got to talk about this. What was your initial vibe? Uh, oh, man, here's another one. <laughs> I think it's that, but it is. It's what you're talking about. I mean, it's their way. It, it, like, we're, in a, we're in a different era of media, too. We, we have see, so many players that have their own podcast. That That is a that, very good point. Spe- they have different ways to speak directly to the fans and fan bases and, and you know, management, owners, right? All of that. And I think it's all kind of together. Whether, whether we see... 
the you know the tw- the unfollows or the follows or the random tweets like the hourglass from LeBron a couple yes, weeks LeBron ago. LeBron is known uh, for this. Or hopping on your own podcast and making your statements very clear yes. about what you want. Like I it would is, prefer that. Right, me too. It's just it's it's everything in this huge the in be- everything in between from podcast to, to 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 unfollowing people and some of it you're left trying to decipher what they mean more than others. Agreed. I, I think the podcasting. The, the new wave is, and I think New Heights, the Kelsey podcast, is kind of the gold standard yeah. of this right now. Um, we're seeing Cam Newton, who's not a current player, former player kind of have it. And I guess Jason Kelsey might be a former player soon. But Travis Kelsey, of course, so, uh, still certainly is a current player. I, I, I think the social media stuff is these kids. I mean, let's be honest. Justin Fields, what, 24 years old? He was born in this century. I think he's, if not, you know, one year prior, he's basically born in either 99 or 2000, as I would guess. 99. There you go. Get it together, Jay. Yeah, I mean, God, a whole year off. <laughs> but he's a he's a gen, is he gen alpha or is he gen Z, right? I know the new one is gen alpha. And that one is like even more twisted and sick than the Gen Z. I'm an elder millennial for those interested, right? I'm about to turn 38. Actually, next week I'm turning 38. Uh, hey, happy, happy early birthday, birthday buddy. to me. Yeah. Um, I am an elder millennial. So for me, social media, right? I always tell this story. All the elder millennials do. I was on Facebook when you still needed a, a, a college email to get in, right? So that's how I view social media. It's about connecting with people. It's about staying in touch with people. I'm more of the Facebook generation than anything else. Justin Fields' generation and younger, they use social media as a direct communication tool in a very passive-aggressive way. And I don't know how this is going to play out over the summer, but the, sh- the first shot was fired across the bow by Justin Fields last night. I don't know if he planned this out with his agent or his people, but it was calculated. When you unfollow, and I've done it before, I've done it with relationships. I've done it with personal friends. When you delete someone from social media, you are making a statement whether or not you do it outwardly or you just hope that nobody notices. Well, when a professional football player does it, everyone is going to notice. The Bears, of course, have the number one pick. We don't know what their win total is yet. They are a deep, deep sleeper at the bottom of the odds board. Of course, they will get Matt Eberflus back in the saddle. It'll be Shane Waldron the former Seahawks offensive coordinator now coming into Chicago. I don't know what Shane's feelings are about Justin Fields. I don't know what Shane's feelings are about Caleb Williams. Of course, the Bears hold all the cards at the top of the draft. Throw Drake May's name in there. If you really want to get weird, Jaden Daniels. And if you really want to get weird, J.J. McCarthy. Although, according to Jim Harbaugh, uh, J.J. should be the first quarterback. He should be number one. Taken in the draft. So that would be an easy choice for the Bears, right? To take JJ. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we did. We did get the report yesterday from Albert Breer over uh, uh, Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer about talking about, um, you know, the Bears have received trade interest and that they were, you know, that they've, uh, you know, they have the number one pick. I would assume they've received a lot of trade interest. Apparently there have been some chats down at at the senior bowl, but you know, I I don't, it'll pick up next month at the combine or whenever. I think it's the end of this month or soon in the next couple of weeks. I I doubt that's a, I doubt that's what Justin Fields is responding to, but it's gotta be the writings on the wall. man. I, I think that, I think when we talk about this first overall pick, it's just, it's all finances and it's tough, but it is all finances, right? Like there is, as long as you think that the possibility of Caleb Williams and Justin Fields are anywhere in the same realm of, of player, then it's move on from fields and you go to Caleb Williams yep. because you get to reset on a rookie contract. And it's just, it, it's too easy for the bears to make that call unless they really think that Caleb Williams is somehow way worse than Justin Fields. It's the only way that, that I think this would change. I think it's impossible to know which one of those two is going to be the better long-term decision. I think the upside, right? It's there's more unknown with Caleb Williams. With Justin Fields, the Bears have had him on their st- on their roster now for 3 years. They yeah. know exactly what he is, and my guess is, this is me guessing, right? This is me speculating on the social media speculation. Justin heard some things from those trade talks, from the behind the scenes from his agent, and his agent probably said, you know what, Justin, I think they're going to move on from you. And that's why he said, well, I can't control that, 
but what I can control is who I follow on social media. Again, putting yourself inside the mind of a 25-year-old professional athlete is probably the hardest thing we do here on this network and any person who handicaps sports. Any person who is on the outside of the circle trying to put their brain on the inside of the circle, nonetheless a 25-year-old athlete who has gone through a lot of ups and downs. I mean, frankly, it's been a long journey for Justin going from Georgia to Ohio State. Now, of course, the issues he has had in Chicago. He's had a brutal record win-loss-wise. And I'm assuming this is just him controlling what he can control. He can't control what the Bears do with the first pick. He can't control if they decide to pull the trigger on one of these trades. But in a very passive-aggressive way, he can control who he follows on social media. And obviously, based off of his view of the world and our view of the landscape, it's going to be news. And it is going to spark this maelstrom of, of, of tweets, of people commenting about it. And of course, us here on networks trying to figure out what the Bears are going to do for very different reasons. Why? Well, you can bet on the draft. You can bet on the NFL. And of course, the win totals, all of those things with the Chicago Bears are very, very relevant as they hold all the cards heading to a very interesting offseason. And it's ironic. Isn't the draft in Green Bay? I think it's in Green Bay. It, I, I never it, know this every it's, year. It's in like a really weird city. Detroit, Detroit. Detroit. Thank you. So, But still, it still holds firm. The draft is – the Bears hold the cards for a draft that's in a rival city. <laughs> it is a very unique – I thought Green Bay was it, but maybe in the future they'll have it in Green Bay. I, I thought Green Bay was on the list. But, yes, Detroit, man, Detroit in late April. Have fun. Um, going to that draft. All right. Um, a couple other things on the docket. And, and uh, again, 2025 Green Bay. So Detroit and Green Bay and back to back years for the draft. Yeah. How do they do that? Where were you? Or like, is it's that the tour of the NFC? Right. North. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Minnesota next? Like, how does that work? Well, Minnesota <laughs> just had, did, didn't Minnesota just have it? I thought, didn't Minnesota just have something? Maybe they just had a Super Bowl recently, right? They yeah. had the, uh, the Patriots Eagles Super yeah, Bowl, the right? Super Bowl wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. The Patriots Eagles yeah, Super Bowl when they first opened that stadium. Um, again, the NFL, it, the offseason lasted eight days. I, I thought last night that was like the first news wave we got of player disgruntled making his own thing. It's the first of many. We're just getting started. And the NFL offseason, it never sleeps. It lasted again about a week. Um, Congrats to William Byron, won the Daytona 500 yesterday. I saw Steve Mackinnon actually had that on his uh, sheet. Yeah, he did a column, and that was one of the uh, racers that he had. I didn't watch the race, but I saw a lot. Of, I heard saw a lot of wrecks on, on on social media. A lot of wrecks. I grabbed a piece of William Byron live, nice. so that was nice. I, I that live betting Daytona is just so fun. I, I just I, wait for the wrecks and then <laughs> try to pick up long numbers. Hope, hope your guys get through the wrecks and are able to restart. Well, wasn't it like a photo finish on like the restart? So there was. It was like what? I mean, I don't know all the NASCAR rules. There was. One, one, I, no I believe there was one full lap still remaining, Jared. But then there was a massive. Crash crash that occurred basically as they came across the finish line to start the last lap. So they just called the race then. He won under caution, whatever that, whatever the hell happened. I win a lot of my races under caution too. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll recap a wild night on the ice and also some baseball, plus college hoops picks on the other side, a numbers game. Peace out. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Oh, I know you've been busy with football. That's why the VSEN experts have just released our free NBA at the break betting primer. Get the free guide today and bet the NBA smarter with futures bets to make right now. Eastern Western Conference analysis plus betting tips for the rest of the season. VSEN.com slash guide. Go there right now. Get your free copy today. That's VSEN.com slash guide. Yeah, check it out. Great stuff from uh, Zach and JVT on the conferences in there. I wrote up something on the the MVP race. Uh, Really good stuff to get you set for the second half of the NBA season. Yeah, and we will hear from Drew Dinsick coming up um, in about 15 minutes, and we'll get his thoughts on on where things stand. Of course, Drew um, does such a great job handicapping the NBA. And uh, I'm also curious to hear his take on the All-Star game. We'll see if uh, if he's wiped (laughs) off the stench of Sunday night just yet, but we'll hear from about 15 minutes. By the way, we had that whole conversation yesterday. You know, you realize you and I never brought up the courts. I thought so about that afterward. The court on Saturday night looked like it looked like, uh, you know, ready player one. Yes. I don't know if you like that movie. I have and seen it. Good movie. Actually. It was a pretty good movie. movie. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, you know, virtual reality kind of like, but I thought at first it was just, superimposed on the screen for us. No, no, no. Like, they were on, it looked like a video game. It was like the sphere. Like, it was like LED, awesome. like LED screen courts. I have no idea, Jerry. Must I, have been expensive. I heard on the broadcast that they were, uh, from, from the ex-players, it seemed like the consensus was, okay, this is all great for this. We're just not sure about this surface for a full game. But was it like bouncy? Like I'm assuming it felt different so, so on your feet. That's what I didn't. I was you looking break the lights if you jump. I was high looking enough. for more of that, right? Like what? What's the difference? What? Why can't yeah, you play a game? Very right? springy. Because if you could play a game, give me that over the in season tournament courts. Like those in season tournament courts were a, a, like abusive. A lot to my of them eyes. were ugly. Yeah, a lot of them were really the ugly. Eyes. Yeah, at least, like if you're gonna have fun, that's fun. And LEDs yeah. are fun. It would be cool if they had like the players' names when they scored, and they like flashed them up across like eight points or like three pointer, and like you know like, like you know NBA two K circle them and put their names NBA down below. Jam. He's on fire, yeah. like, like a flame <laughs> across the court when a guy makes three in a row again. The opera, and of course sponsorships. You put oh, the, sponsorships. I there mean, you go. listen, anything to make a few extra bucks for the league. Uh, we are all in. Speaking of a few extra bucks, a few goals on the ice last night. I want to get to uh, just a crazy day, Pre- President's Day in hockey. I mean, you know, it is synonymous. President's Day. <laughs> we sit here talking about it every year. <laughs> it's basically, but there was a, go- a game last night, and, and we had Jake Hahn on to do such a great job. This game last night, it was 10 7? 10 7. What? 10 What seven. happened in NHL yesterday? Did I miss, like, some kind of aneurysm that the ice had? I, I know. I, I was wild. Uh, what was the what was the one note? Six goals in six five goals. minutes yeah. and 45 seconds. That is that is insane. So, yes, it, it broke all kinds of records as far as I know it, scoring in times of score and stuff wow. like that. But, yeah, ten, just a 10 to 7. A seven-goal third period for the Wild. Touchdown and a field goal. 
um, for the Vikings yeah. as they beat the – what's the Vancouver uh, Canadian football team? The BC oh, Lions, The BC right? Lions. The yeah, BC yeah, yeah. Lions. So that's a – I'll be honest. And you beat me to it. Wow. I know. I, I don't know why that was in my head. I think I have, a, I have a friend that lives in Vancouver. I think that's why. And he tweets about it sometimes. Um, but, hey, for – the BC Lions to keep it within a field goal of an NFL team. <laughs> it's impressive stuff. A field goal uh, or three rouges. Okay, three, they got three, three rouges. Three rouges. Um, the other big story from yesterday was Shohei Otani. And I know you're like, wait a minute, baseball season doesn't even start for another month, Jared. What are you talking about? So he came back yesterday, his first BP session post elbow surgery. And I'll be honest, I don't think he's going to miss a beat at the plate this year. Now, obviously, at, on the mound, he's not going to pitch this season, and that's going to make the Dodgers' investment, although be it, <laughs> what did they, how much of the money did he defer of his contract? Like 90%? Yeah, 90-something yeah, um, percent. It's like a Wolf of Wall Street deal there. But, um, but Shohei at the plate looks good. And listen, this Dodgers team last year, I, I think you can make the case that pitching-wise, they were missing Bueller, they were missing Kershaw. But offensively, they didn't have that bopper who really just took control of the lineup either. They were kind of a, I don't want to say like a dink and dunk offense, but they didn't have the power that they had in prior. Well, now they do. I, I think the number, obviously, we're on a numbers game. The, the number with the Dodgers matters more than anything else. But there's no doubt that Otani's going to bring an element to that team that is completely different. I just wouldn't bet them in the futures market right now. I mean, they're a sure shot fa- or short shot favorite here at plus 350. That number ain't going anywhere for at least three or four months. Right, You're going to be yeah. able to bet them at that price probably up until the All-Star break almost. Yeah, yeah. No, they, no, totally agree with that. How do you think he fits in in the MVP race this year in the National League? Yeah, Because you take different. away the pitching element, right? So You do. Yeah, you, you take away the pitching element, but you're going to be on a team that's going to score more runs. He's probably going to be. He's probably going to provide more of those RBIs. The MVP is unique. I, I think the fatigue with the MVP is real. Yeah, I, I think, I think a, it, the the voters, you're handicapping the voters. And I it, know it's crazy. It, and to be fair, I think baseball. I was talking about this. I think it was with either Dave Ross or with I forget who I was talking about this or on a show earlier this week or last week. But I think the baseball voters are actually the easiest group of voters to handicap because they're they're just kind of rigid in okay. their ways. I think the NFL voters are the hardest. I think NBA is getting a little easier because they're relying a lot more on analytics. I think the the Jokic surge recently has shown you that the analytics matter more to the NBA voters than, let's say, five years ago. I think baseball, it's pretty much flat on. They don't care about the analytics as much. I think think they care a little bit, but – you can bank on them not caring as much as, let's say, a, a, an NFL would. That's or interesting because I, I agree. I agree with what They're you're saying. They're an older group of voters. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying on the NFL, NBA. I don't do as very, much. Very, very hard so. to handicap the NFL voters. Yeah, they really. In case in point really by is. the Demar Hamlin stuff yeah. this year with yeah, comeback yeah. player. Of the year. I mean, you know, for for people that li- have listened and watched this show, I mean, Aaron Schatz, uh, you know, was with us all season. T- I mean, talking about how you know, to, to their credit, they have incorporated more of these analytic analytics yes. based guys. They're getting better about into it. Into the voting process, but okay, well, you know, what does is, what is that result in? It results in 49 people voting for Lamar Jackson, and you, and you get Aaron Schatz that goes with Josh Allen. Like, it does create things like that, but I think that is progress in the voting. I think, so, so I, I want to go back to the, the, the Shohei MVP, because this is, so do you think this will be too easy? Like, is this get in front of the voter fatigue? Like, hey, he's going to be pitching again next year. Like, uh, like we're I mean, gonna. He he dominated the, the like. Vote let's last u- let's year. use any excuse this year to try to give it to someone else because yes. we know he's going to be overwhelming for totally years agree. to come. Like, is that the kind of the way to look at this throughout the season? I mean, he he got he got every first place vote last year, so it was overwhelming. I mean, there, there was no one in the American League that had a chance to win the MVP last year by like June. Right. It was over. That will not be the case this year. It will be a, now. He might hit seventy home runs. It's crazy. So, I know. It's so crazy. that might change it. So I don't want to say he can't win the MVP, but the overwhelming dynamic will not be there this year. It will be an open race. Yeah. He's going to have to do something spectacular to win it. For and I think there's one. There's definitely been 
unlike the BC Lions, I won't be able to pull this off the top of my head. There's definitely <laughs> been a guy that's won it in both leagues. I think there's been mo- I think there's been two guys that have won. I think Brooks Robinson is one that has won the MVP in multiple leagues. I think Brooks Robinson is one. I might be wrong. Uh, hold on. I might have to come. I, this is, I'm this have is to a good one. This, one after this is break. a good – tweet us on the show, at Beeson Live, at Kelly Bidlin, at Jared Lee Smith. If you can get it before Kelly finds it, I'll be really impressed. <laughs> I'm getting Which multiple positions. baseball player – multiple positions is another one, too, that's yeah. interesting. But there has definitely been a player in baseball history that has won an MVP in multiple leagues, both leagues – only two leagues, both leagues. I forget who it is. All right, while Kelly tries to find that – I will give a tip of the cap to Iowa State. Um, impressive stuff last night. They could have gotten the doors blown off them by Houston in the first half of that game when the first 10 minutes, they really were overwhelmed by the moment of playing on the road at Houston. Houston's won, I think, 15 straight games um, by 15 points at home. They have been dominant at home this year. Remember, we took nine last night with Iowa State. We got in front of it because that number closed at. Seven and a half. You could have actually taken nine, even nine and a half with Iowa State last night. And then at the buzzer, right before the game started, you could have laid seven and a half with Houston. And you see that result there, 73-65. The Cougars win by eight. You would have covered both numbers. That was a nice middle that was available for a good part of the day there. Um, but we didn't play it that way. That's not how I like to bet. The only way I'll take a middle is if it's like a, I don't know, a 13-point middle in an NBA All-Star game like I tried to on Sunday, but that didn't work out either. Um, but the Cyclones get home. I, I think they are still a team I respect a lot. They could have easily gotten blown out last night. They were down like 15 points in the first half. They really struggled to score, but they were able to hit some threes in the second half. They scored 42 points in the second half against Houston on the road. That's a really good performance. You got it for me? Frank Robinson. Frank, I said Brooks Robinson. Uh. Right. Only one. Only one. So there's only one. So Shohei Otani this year has a chance to become the second player in Major League Baseball history to win an MVP in both leagues. We've got a long way to go until any of that is decided. Not a long way to go until Drew Jinsick talks NBA. That's coming up next here on A Numbers Game. Peace and life. Alright, we're looking for a betting edge on college basketball. VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming college hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. Visit VSIN.com slash pro. Subscribe today. That's VSIN.com slash pro. Little breaking news coming in. Yeah, what do we got? Matthew Slater will be retiring. Matthew Slater, special teams ace of the New England Patriots, yep. decided that Bill Belichick's being being gone is just too much for him to bear. So decide, I'm joking. I don't know if that's why he's retiring. But <laughs> the, the most well-known non-kicker 100%. special teams player probably has to be. Besides Returner. Don Beebe, maybe that's the only other guy I can think of off the top of my head that has like the special teams acumen of a Matthew Slater. Um, speaking of fantastic acumen, our next guest certainly has that. Um, he is the host of the Deep Dive podcast. You can find his work, of course, at NBC Sports Bet. He is Drew Dinsick. Follow him on social media at whale underscore capper. Drew, it's uh, great to talk to you, pal. This is the first time I've had a chance to talk to you through this avenue. Um, so I'll just get a quick update. Have you washed the stench off you from Sunday's All-Star game just yet? <laughs> well, it's great to uh, great to see you again, and uh, been a, yeah, been a while, and uh, appreciate the kind words off the top there. That was very, very nice of you. Um, the NBA All Star Game uh, didn't watch it, <laughs> didn't miss anything. Um, although, like in the aftermath, I did, and actually, like I had a small bet on Halliburton MVP uh, All Star Game MVP, so I was kind of following the box score sure. um, while I was living my life, and uh, <laughs> and I was like. I, for like first half, I was like, oh, oh, we're live. Like uh, East wins this side. He, you know, he has a good case. Uh, but it turns out the handicap for the NBA All-Star game is pretty straightforward now. Uh, pick the player who takes the most shots on the winning go. team. Uh, and I did not have Dame Lillard taking whatever he took 40 shots in that game. Uh, and, uh, I don't, ultimately it was kind of a, just a, a hot mess on uh, really the whole weekend was a hot mess. Although like, there were people kind of complaining about the laid up floor for the Saturday skill stuff. 
I, hey, you want to do something weird, different? You want to light the floor up? Go for it. <laughs> like, honestly, uh, you know, the dunk contest was super duper stale. I uh, don't understand the scoring there at all. Like, uh, re- really, really like, you know, yeah, I don't think the guys who are doing the scoring understand the scoring. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, and, you know, the, the highlights were probably, uh, you know, tr- you know I, I, I was, uh, uh, intrigued, interested, excited, maybe even about the uh, change in format for the rising stars, especially because this year's rising stars had so many just really high profile young players that you wanted to see play with other players. And uh, it was an interesting format, although the uh, the G League team kind of snuffing Wimby's team in the uh, semis was, you know, was kind of a disappointment because you wanted to see, uh, you know, the two best teams go against each other in the final. But anyway, uh, it was a uh, it was a weird weekend. It was a fine break uh, for just betting the NBA in general. Um, it can be a grind this time of year, surely. Uh, and, uh, you know, that said, I always hate the all-star break for personal reasons. My, you know, my strongest edge in the NBA comes from just player level and team level fatigue and the all-star game all-star weekend resets that hard reset for every team. So there's no longer an advantage coming out of this. Um, but it is still a good time to kind of take a giant step back, take a look at, uh, you know, what you know about these teams, you know, just in general, which players have really taken meaningful steps forward over the course of the season, how you're rating, uh, you know, certain, certain teams, certain lineups, trying to figure out which teams understand who their closing five is, is kind of important at this time of year. And, uh, and then, uh, kind of taking some of that knowledge and, uh, trying to pick away at some of the, um, uh, awards markets, pick away at some of the futures markets. So that's mostly my process over the last week has largely been thinking about how will the rest of the regular season play out? What implications are those going to have for the voters and the awards? Uh, and then, uh, just in general, starting to kind of soft price what I think some of the uh, you know likely playoff matchups are going to be uh, what I would make them and what I think market will make them so that I have kind of a a little bit of a head start on uh, you know just in general taking sides in some of the series coming up in uh, April yeah it's always interesting I think when we get to this natural resting point in the market to see how you view the rest of the teams going forward so let's start with the awards markets let's start with the MVP Jokic the odds on favorite right now um, I think a lot of that, too, is is just because of Embiid not being able to, you know, meet the requirement of, of number of games. So you look at this list. Is there another player on this list that can challenge Nikola down the stretch? I mean, obviously, SGA is the next one up, but you've got some big names. Giannis, Luka, Jason Tatum, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, these are guys that are stars on their respective teams. Can any of them catch the Joker? Yeah, uh, I think yes. And honestly, I, I don't. I don't think the market is correct in having Jokic this meaningfully favored over SGA. I think that is a pretty narrow uh, two-man tier uh, at the top of this market. Um, And the case for SGA is like extremely straightforward. Like he's the most efficient player playing right now with Embiid out. And he's playing on a team that likely gets the one seed like there are many examples of that player winning MVP. <laughs> like that yeah. happens a lot. Uh, and so I think if the Thunder continue to win, SGA's case is just going to continue to get better. Uh, and honestly, like the Nuggets of kind are kind of in a little bit of a funk right now. Uh, you'll remember last year, kind of they had the one seed pretty clearly locked up by this time of the calendar. Uh, and they did a little bit of a lull in March. Uh, and that was really kind of what shook Joker's case last year. Um, and honestly, like they kind of can't even really afford to have a March lull this year. They need to play better basketball uh, and they need to get healthier. Like the Nuggets right now are pretty clearly positioned to go for, you know, to land in the four seed, uh, which means you could draw a first uh, round matchup against the Suns, which is not fun. Um, you know, you could definitely find yourself on the road in the uh, second round on the road in the Western Conference finals. And you're giving up one of your biggest advantages of trying to repeat as Western Conference championships if you're not making team teams come through Denver. So, <laughs> like, I, I really am surprised that the, the Nuggets are playing this lackadaisically. Uh, and I think ultimately seeing them as a four seed or if they could slip even further, if we're being honest, like they have a tough schedule remaining. Like they could definitely find themselves down in the, um, you know, on the road in the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, that that definitely impacts their title chances. But even more so, like, I don't think anyone's dying to give uh, you know, Jokic, uh, the MVP again, uh, if, if that's the situation they find themselves in. So, uh, for me, at least Denver is beatable. Um, and you know, excuse me, Jokic is beatable in this market. SGA should be about co-favorite with him, if not small 
ahead uh, by my numbers. And so um, I think that's probably the easiest and most likely correct bet in the market. Now, the guys you mentioned who could run him down, Giannis is kind of the one I had circled, but I'm losing a little bit of faith, hope, steam, whatever. I, that, that's kind of fading because I just don't see the Bucks playing uh, well enough uh, team basketball to clearly cement the two seed right now. The Cavs are playing too well. Uh, the Knicks are playing too well. Uh, although the Knicks, by the way, are, are hurt and starting to fade. So Milwaukee might have the three to themselves clearly. But, um, you know, without without getting kind of closer to the Celtics, I think Giannis in the, in the Bucks case is a little tougher. All that said, Giannis does play a ton of really high profile games. Uh, in the month of March and April. So he's going to have a lot of uh, primetime exposure. If he does what he does, like he played against the Nuggets where, uh, you know, he goes toe to toe with Joker and just buries him. Then, you know, maybe his case gets a little bit more interesting as well. But uh, SGA would be the look there. And and I think everybody else is, uh, you know, has enough cracks that they're they're probably drawn dead outside of maybe Luca. Uh, but, you know, his his team needs to start they need to put together just a hellaciously awesome stretch of winning basketball. Uh, and if you think they're going to do that, then you're just better off betting them game by game than taking Luca 11 to one, in my opinion. Drew, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question that I've been uh, doing a great job of avoiding answering for the most part myself. Uh, six man of the year. Who the hell's winning that award this year? <laughs> hey man, <laughs> what is going on with this market? Uh-oh. Like this is like, there is no way there is no way that this should be, some sort of two-way race between Monk and and Tim Hardaway. Wow. Like I am, I am stunned uh, at the kind of confidence that players have in these two two players being at the top of the field. For me, the bet is clearly Norm Powell. I think the Clippers and Norm Powell's role is starting to solidify with the, you know kind of the new rotation. He's in the closing lineup. He has started zero games, albeit he has played in every single Clippers game this season. Uh, that was something that was held pretty clearly against uh, quickly last year. Yep. So you know the the fact that uh, Norm Powell is kind of performing the classical sixth man role uh, and that he uh, you know he's playing on a team that is that is winning basketball games. And, and he is closing these games. And um, I don't know if Kelly, if you remember this, but right before the uh, the All-Star break, uh, Clippers played uh, against the Warriors uh, right, you know, right at the close there. And uh, they were getting buried uh, in the first half of that game. Uh, we go we go to halftime. Everybody on the East Coast tunes out, goes to sleep. You know, <laughs> nobody's nobody's paying attention. Everybody assumes the Warriors when you wake up the next morning and the headlines are literally Norm Powell, Norm Powell carries the Clippers to a fourth quarter comeback. <laughs> It's like, hey, man, you do that a couple more times. You're going to win six man of the year. And so him, his price in sort of the uh, 11 to one range is where I got involved. He's like plus eight. He's like 800 uh, plus 750 right now. I think that's still a bet. Uh, and uh, you got to be on a winning team to win six man of the year. Malik Monk could find himself in a nine ten play in. So uh, just keep that in mind. Our sixth man of the year, Drew Dinsick. Catch him on NBC Sports Bet, host of the Deep Dive Podcast. Of course, follow him on social media at whale underscore capper. Always great to talk to you, pal. What an outro. Best of luck, man. <laughs> Love you, bro. Great stuff. Uh, on the other side, college basketball. we got Jim Roop coming up at the top of this hour, but I got a couple picks to get to before we ask Jim for advice. So maybe I'll give out some picks, and then Jim can tell me if I'm smart or dumb. Hopefully it's the former, not the latter. Numbers game. Peace in. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hi, this week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers deposit five bucks, get a no sweat bet up to a thousand bucks in bonus wagers if that first bet loses. Download the app, use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. I want to thank Drew Dinsick for coming on. Great stuff as always. Norman Powell, sixth man of the year. Again, when you're handicapping the awards markets, you have to eliminate how you feel about this certain player and use the actual historical trends that the voters have shown you to handicap the market. And Drew made a fantastic point. Norman Powell is the traditional sixth man. He comes off the bench every single game. The other guys in the market, team success, not quite the traditional sixth man. The voters have shown you over the last decade of this award, they will look at players who are traditionally in that sixth man role. So great stuff there. Again, I love handicapping player awards markets. We use the dichotomy best and worst markets to fish in because you just have to train your mind to eliminate how you feel about this right. player. Yep. Yep. It's really hard to do. Yeah, but it's, it's Jedi 100%. master stuff. I think in, in, you know, that was my ultimate way of do- dodging the conversation. Like six <laughs> man of the year. I think it's been very tough to figure out this year. You, usually, usually every year, Jared, there, there feels like there's, Usually not just a guy, that there's usually two or three that are putting really solid resumes together. But do you notice that some of them are starters and, and it's like... Oh, yes, there's it, always that. There's always a guy that start, starts sometimes, mm-hmm. but we, in this case, Powell's just the straight and we six got, we guy. Got the, we got the clear kind of, you know, line line drawn in the sand on that last year, like he brought, quickly, as he yeah. brought up. With quickly not winning that, it, it, it was... Uh, it was made pretty clear that, hey, those guys that traditionally come off the bench, and, and I would admit, like, Mike Monk is in that same category But th- their team this year. success. But, but the team success is an issue, and it, that's where I do think there is a separation between him and Norm Powell. And then if you're looking, and by Malik Monk minus 110, Tim Hardaway Jr. plus 175, Norm Powell is plus 750 over at DraftKings right now. Now, Tim Hardaway Jr., he's kind of been the leading candidate most of the way through the season, but it's frankly just because he's he's averaging a few more points per game than everybody else. But he's mixed in some starts. I I think, look, if I had to make a bet right now, I, I would probably join Drew on Norm Powell. Sure. I'm staying away right now. Yeah, I'm staying away right now, though. I think this market's really tough to figure out. I've already got bets on. I've got bets on Bogdan McDonovich, who's fallen back in this market now. He's at 30 to 1. That's where I bet him preseason uh, here. And then, I mean, the other ticket I have, it's hilarious, but there's two guys on the same team 
that I think rightfully <laughs> so. and seventh man yeah, of the year. <laughs> that rightfully so are battling out for this, and that's Russell Westbrook alongside um, Norman Powell. Russell Westbrook has sixth man of the year vibes written all over it. I mean, that's where as soon as Harden was signed, it was that was the first bet I made. I was like, Westbrook's going to get moved to the bench, yep. and he will be, you know, when you when you extrapolate stats over minutes, right? Like, sure. he, okay, when you figure out he's averaging near a triple double still, like that's gonna sway a lot of voters. Absolutely, and it name. hasn't exactly played out that way to that extent, but. I, I mean, I think something to keep in mind for next year if this team, you know, stays together with this core. I, I think the NBA markets, it, it, like the NFL, the trend, as you said, you have to make that note about the line in the sand, right? This is the closest thing we have to politics in sports, yeah. where you are handicapping voter patterns. It's not easy. We need um, who's the guy uh, Kornacki to come oh, on yeah, and do yeah, like yeah. the yep. do like the whole train. You know, he's got the whole big board and everything. The the, the districts being separated by this and this and that. It, it is voting patterns. It is unique. But you make that note, and Drew obviously laid that out, and we can echo that. The sixth man of the year, you better be a sixth man and not like a five and a half man where you're starting half the time and you're off the bench half the time. You get downgraded for that based in the eyes of the voters. That's what we've seen, historically speaking. And it stinks. Some of it you can't control, right? Like, a lot of it's injuries happen in the starting lineup. Good point. The best guy off the bench gets inserted in the starting lineup, and at the end of the year when we're doing this vote tallying, it goes against you. That's a good point. That you've been called. So there's some nuance in it, but it is. It's a lot of nuance, I love what you brought up when we we were talking during the break. These awards markets in every sport can be the best thing to bet. They can be the worst thing to bet sometimes. I mean... I mean, we, we talked NFL comeback of the player of the year so much this year. And yeah. what did the votes tell us at the end? It was very clearly that this ne- this this award needs a definition that's more, yeah, that's a little more clear to the yeah. voters because all the voters clearly saw it one way with DeMar Hamlin or a complete another way yes. with the Flacco and Mayfields. Comeback player of the year, I think, is the most difficult yeah, because so of the criteria yeah. involved. I think some of these, like, frankly, the two best handicaps I've had in the last couple of years was the Lamar Jackson MVP and then Verlander Cy Young a couple of years ago. And it wasn't like I'm this big genius galaxy brain. You just you see the path. It's like yeah. it just it opens up where Lamar Jackson this year, it you just saw Dak and Purdy and you're like, eh, like, are those guys going to finish the year as strongly as they started? And then all of a sudden, the Ravens road to the one seed just like opened up. And you're like, well, if they if they win their last four games and it was San Francisco, Miami, like the voters are going to respond to that on the highest stage at the end of the year. And the NFL to me is kind of like a the MVP to me, unless you do what Lamar did in 2019, which was like wire to wire. Like the first game of the year, it was like a five touchdown. Right, yeah, ball. it was like, ridiculous. And yeah. it was like you knew from the start, like he was the guy, or like a you know, like Joe Burrow did the MVP, or it wasn't the MVP, but when LSU had that unbelievable, right. co- yeah, yeah, like yeah. you knew from the start, yeah, of he the wasn't season, being stopped. Yeah, yeah, it was LSU. They were the best team on the planet. That wasn't the case in the NFL this year. It was a couple of early guys. It was Dak. It was Purdy. But then about you know Thanksgiving time, you kind of saw that road open up for Baltimore, and I'm like, man, if the Ravens run the table here, they're gonna get the one seed. And the quarterback of the one seed in the AFC, which is the conference, yep. is going to be the MVP. And it just, it, you can just see how the narrative street just like opens up and you just, you, you, it's like a lane opening up or a hole in a, in a running back and you're trying to hit the goal. Boom. You just saw it. And that's how, that's how I kind of handicap these awards markets. You just have to see that narrative developing and then, again, use the voters to your advantage. Well, right. and again, NFL MVP, may, you know, maybe. I don't want to say the easiest, but one of the easier ones because of that. It right? is. Like, it, it, it I'm is. Not, I mean, I didn't cash a Lamar Jackson ticket. No, but so it much. was the narrative. But, it but, smacked me right in the face. Right, but you just like have to you believe said, when you have yourself to, to, to the bed. Yeah, when, you, when you're sitting at home, whatever day that was, and you're kind of looking at future schedules. Yeah, and it was early December. Looking at how you have teams kind of power rated and yep. what you think is going to happen and what you can compare the probability of that playing out to what the odds are on the board. That's what you got to do when you're making these kind of bets. So good on you, man. It was the Niners game against the Ravens. And I thought to myself, Purdy's the favorite right now. Here's it was a perfect storm. It was a perfect storm. The Cowboys had just I forget who they blew out. It was an absolute blowout. And then the next week they had to play the Bills on the road. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah. this is going to be the letdown spot for Buffalo. I was all over Buffalo. 100 (laughs) percent. This is the letdown spot. Dallas is, you know, they came came off a blowout win against somebody. 
and then they were facing the Bills the next Eagles. week. Eagles. It was the Eagles at home. Yep. And I th- said, they're going to lose this game to Buffalo. So if you can make that assumption that Dallas was going to lose that game to Buffalo, Dak was going to get knocked off the perch. Then it was Purdy and Lamar. And then I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. They play each other yeah, in two weeks. Yeah, it kind of comes down to a game. Yeah. Cut, if, and then Lamar's like 7-1. to one. Well, the Ravens aren't going to be 7-1 to one against the Niners on the money line. It was going to be like 2-1. to one. They were a 5-6 point dog. That's where it kind of like all fit together. I was like, wait a minute. Well, if the Bills beat the Cowboys, then Dak's gone. And we're getting a 7-1 to one on Lamar when they're going to be a 6-point dog in San Francisco. They're, that's not a 7-1 to one price. All they got to do is win that game. And then, then they got to beat the Dolphins, which they did. That was a blowout, the Ravens, the following week after they beat the Niners. That was, that was the game that I was the most scared. Yeah. The letdown game after they, Christmas yeah. Day, they blow out the Niners. They look great. Purdy threw like four picks. And then I'm like, oh, now they've got to go to Miami on a Sunday, on a short week. This is a letdown game. They blew the doors off Miami, and that was the, the MVP moment for Lamar Jackson in it, that game against Miami. Yeah, it really, it really was. I, I mean, great call. But yeah, well, we're talking awards here. I'm, I'm going to keep it going. Sure, I like keep I've, it going. I feel like I've ruined, no, the, ruined no, the segment. Keep it going, but we're I think this is, right think this is an interesting conversation. Rolling, of when, when you look at awards and how you look to yeah. bet, bet them, it is. Int- I think it is interesting. I would, just going back to MVP, and I, I did write about it uh, at Visa.com. You can check it out there. Uh, I'm with Drew. I, I really think that this is. I have SGA bets. I have Giannis bets. I have a couple on both. Um, this is, I think SGA and Jokic should be lined about the same price right now. And I think Giannis should just be a tick back from those guys. I, I know Drew's not as sold on Giannis. Definitely his case has taken a hit the past couple weeks. They, For him to get home, they've got to finish with that two seed in the East. And this team yeah. has to show some improvement just to get that national narrative turned around, right? The national yeah. TV narrative of Doc Rivers coming in, this team's a disaster, yada, yada, yada. They're really not that bad. But, okay, we understand what's going on there. And SGA, I, I just think I, I love Tim Bontemps does the MVP straw poll. It's so helpful. It's so I wanna, good. I won the Jokic a couple years ago because of that. Uh, it's so good, Jared. I think this one that just came out last week with Embiid just being disqualified from yep. the award, I think it's going to end up being one of the more inaccurate ones he's ever had. At Interesting. The not on, Obviously not on him, but on vo- people coming in, you know, having to send in votes off of Embiid being eliminated, and it was too easy to just write in Jokic right now, knowing I don't actually have to submit a vote right now. And I think that SGA is really a lot closer to that, to where, uh, to the favorite. Really good stuff. Again, the awards markets, I, I think it's a fascinating handicap. Jim Root, college basketball, next, numbers game. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.